Very good. Father, as we begin to open up the Bible now, Lord God, and share from the scriptures, we pray that you will anoint this word here this morning. Bless it. In Jesus' name we pray, Father. Amen. All right. Matthew chapter 21, verses 1 through 17. It says this. As they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethpage on the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and at once you will find a donkey tied there where her colt, with her colt by her, by her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, say that the Lord needs them, and he will send them right away. This took place to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet. Say to daughter Zion, See, your king comes to you, gentle and riding on a donkey, and on a colt, the fowl of a donkey. The disciples went and did as Jesus had instructed them. They brought the donkey and the colt and placed their cloaks on them for Jesus to sit on. A very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road, while others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. The crowds that went ahead of him and those that followed shouted, Hosanna to the Son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest heaven. That sounded like Robert right now, shouting Hosanna to Jesus. Hallelujah. Verse 10. When Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred and asked, Who is this? The crowds answered, This is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. Jesus entered the temple courts and drove out all who were buying and selling there. He overturned the tables of the money changers and the benches of those selling doves. It is written, he said to them, My house will be called a house of prayer, but you have made it a den of robbers. The blind and the lame came to him at the temple, and he healed them. Can you shout hallelujah for that verse right there? Amen. Verse 15. But when the chief priests and the teachers of the law saw the wonderful things he did and the children shouting in the temple courts, Hosanna to the son of David, they were indignant. Do you hear what these children are saying? They asked him. Yes, replied Jesus. Have you never read from the lips of children and infants? You, Lord, have called forth your praise. And he left them and went out of the city to Bethany where he spent night. Now there's a lot of information in there, a lot of bits and pieces that we can go from and that we can take tangents of. But for those of you that were with us last week, uh, you know that last week we looked at a certain section of scripture in the book of Matthew chapter 20 verses 29 through 34 where we learned that Jesus was leaving Jericho and there were large crowds following him and Jesus chose to stop as he was leaving Jericho on his way to Jerusalem, and he took the time to heal two blind men that were sitting by the roadside. And now a week has gone by, and Jesus is now entering Jerusalem for the last time in his earthly ministry. This is what is known around the world as Palm Sunday, which is what we're celebrating today, when, which begins a series of events that would ultimately end the last week of Jesus' life here on earth. You see, Jesus knew that as he was entering Jerusalem, he was going to face terrible suffering. He was going to face torture and torment and pain and humiliation, loneliness, abandonment, rejection, betrayal, injustice, and ultimately death. He knew this going in. How do we know that he knew this? In the book of Matthew chapter 20. Verses 17 through 19, this is what the Bible says. It says, now Jesus was going up to Jerusalem. On the way, he took the 12 aside and said to them, 
We are going up to Jerusalem, and the Son of Man will be delivered over to the chief priests and the teachers of the law. They will condemn him to death and will hand him over to the Gentiles to be mocked and flogged and crucified. On the third day, he will be raised to life. So you see, Jesus, for about three years, had been preaching and teaching his disciples about what it truly meant to be a follower of Christ. And for those three years, the authorities, no one was able to touch him. No one was able to mess with him. Yes, they tried. They were very critical. But for those three years, no one was able to lay a hand on Jesus. But now things have changed. And he knew that he was going into Jerusalem and that it was not going to be a pretty situation. And... And he teaches, he's been, he had been teaching the disciples for those three years what it meant to be a true disciple of Christ. And this message many times resulted in turning people off. And that's why as people gathered and as crowds gathered, and then he would explain to them what it would cost to be a follower of Jesus, many of them would reject it and many would stop following Jesus. Listen to what Jesus taught his disciples about what it meant to be a follower of or disciple of Jesus Christ. In the book of Mark, chapter 8, verses 34 and 35, it says this, Then he, Jesus, called a crowd to him along with his disciples and said, Now listen, he's talking to the crowd, and he's talking to the disciples. And he said, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me and for the gospel will save it. These two verses of Scripture describe for us the cost of discipleship. And now as Jesus was entering Jerusalem on Palm Sunday, he knew that, he would be the, that this would be the last week of his life. And he knew that he was going to personally demonstrate and live out the true cost of discipleship. First, Jesus chose to deny himself. When he entered into Jerusalem on that last week of his life, he chose willingly to deny himself. He did this by freely choosing to reject the people's demands to make him king of Israel. In our text, we read in Matthew chapter 21, verse 5, and it says this, Say to daughter Zion, See, your king comes to you gentle and riding on a donkey, and on a colt, the fowl of a donkey. You see, the Jewish people knew, and the Jewish leaders knew, and the Jewish teachers knew that this is how the coming Messiah would enter Jerusalem because it was already prophesied hundreds of years before. And the people were ready to make Jesus Christ their king. They, they were glorifying him for all the mighty works that he had done. And they get this prophecy from Zechariah chapter 9, Verse 9, listen to what it says here. In Zechariah 9, 9, it says, Rejoice greatly, daughter Zion. Shout, daughter Jerusalem. See, your king comes to you, righteous and victorious, lowly and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the fowl of a donkey. So, that, so when they saw Jesus coming into Jerusalem, he had done all these powerful, mighty works. He had proven himself as the Son of God, the King of kings, and the Lord of lords. And now they were waiting for him to complete this prophecy that he would set himself up as king in Jerusalem of the nation of Israel. Jesus Christ 
is the King of Kings and is the Lord of Lords, and yet he had to deny himself and resist the demands of the people that wanted to make him King of Israel. The one, the one who would set them free from the bondage of the Roman Empire. He had to deny the, the, the temptation to set himself up as the one who would restore the greatness and dominion and glory of Israel and the Jewish people. He had to resist being the one that would usher in the physical kingdom of God on earth. Jesus knew that he could have easily accepted this role, but he denied himself. How many of you know that even though he denied himself, he was still the king and he was still the Lord and he was still God? Can you say amen, church? But he denied himself that opportunity. Remember, Jesus had already faced the same, same temptation years before when he first began his ministry. In Matthew chapter 4, verses 8 through 11, it says this. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. Please understand this. The enemy of our souls, the devil, he is in control of the media. He is in control of riches and power and dominions of this earth. Don't get me wrong. He's a very powerful foe. And he has the power to hand it to whoever he wants. And there have been many thousands of people that have surrendered their souls to the devil in order to get that power or in order to get those riches or in order to get those positions on this earth. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. All this I will give you, he said, if you will bow down and worship me. Jesus said to him, Away from me, Satan, for it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Then the devil left him and angels came and attended him. Listen, you can strip everything away, but you cannot take Jesus away from our hearts. Can you say amen, church? Never surrender Jesus, no matter what the enemy offers you. So first, Jesus modeled for us what it meant to be a follower or disciple by choosing to deny himself what, what he could have had. He chose to deny himself. Secondly, Jesus chose to take up his cross. Again, we're, we're talking about his last week here on earth. Later, this week, on Good Friday, we're going to remember that horrible day where Jesus was condemned to die and he was forced to carry his cross. We'll talk about that more on Friday. In the book of John, chapter 19, verses 16 through 18, it says this, Finally, Pilate handed him over to them to be crucified. So the soldiers took charge of Jesus. Carrying his own cross, he went out to the place of the skull, which in Aramaic is called Golgotha. There they crucified him, and with him two others on each side, and Jesus in the middle. This is why you see this picture of Jesus on a cross in the middle with two thieves or two criminals on either side of him. Jesus was unjustly condemned to death in a corrupt justice system. He was also beaten and whipped and tortured and ultimately forced to carry his own cross to his own death. So again, Jesus modeled for us what it meant to be a follower or a disciple of, of, of Christ. First, choosing to deny himself. He he, re, he had been king, okay, and, but, and secondly, he was choosing to carry his cross. And Jesus modeled for us what it meant to be a follower disciple by being willing to die for us. 
How many of you are glad that he loved us enough to die for us? Amen, church? John chapter 19, verses 28 through 30 says this. Later, knowing that everything had now been finished and so that the scripture would be fulfilled, Jesus said, I am thirsty. A jar of wine vinegar was there, so they soaked a sponge in it, put the sponge on a stalk of the hyssop plant, and lifted it to Jesus' lips. When he had received the drink, Jesus said, It is finished. With that, he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. So now we need to make this very personal. Let me repeat what Jesus tells us in Mark chapter 8, verses 34 and 35. He says, Then he called the crowd to him along with his disciples and said, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for me and for the gospel will save it. First, if we want to be a follower of Jesus, then we need to be willing to deny ourselves. So many of us as Christians are willing to be Christians until it comes time to have to deny ourselves something. You put a beer in front of us and we forget about our Christianity. Please don't deny me my Bud Light. It is my official diet drink. Praise God. You put, if you start playing those oldies, or those old party tunes that you used to dance all crazy to. And we quickly forget about our commitment to follow Jesus. Why? Because we don't want to deny ourselves. Somebody does us wrong. They mistreat us. They hurt us. They disrespect us. And right away, we start mad-dogging. They start talking behind their back, posting something mean on social media or Facebook, letting them know that we are nobody's fool. But in doing so, we lose sight of Jesus because we don't want to deny ourselves. For those of us who are married, if you are in a difficult marriage, there has been no adultery, but you are in a difficult marriage and you are miserable and you are lonely, and you are isolated, and you are hurt, and you are angry, and it's loveless, and you go your way, and you're quick to want to mention getting a divorce. For those of us who are single, as soon as you find someone, as soon as you find yourself struggling, you're quick and willing to surrender your body to whoever will have you. For those of you that find yourself in an unwanted pregnancy, you are so quick to get an abortion. And some of you Christian parents will even encourage your young son or daughter to get an abortion. First, you try to cover up their fornication. And then you try to cover up their sin with murder. Shame on you. Shame on you. And you say that you're a Christian. But Jesus is saying... If you are a Christian, then you need to learn how to deny yourself. Is everyone listening to me? Can you say amen? All of this, why? Because we don't want to deny ourselves. Jesus also said that if we want to be a follower or a disciple of Christ, we have to take up our cross. The cross is a symbol of suffering. 
It is a heavy weight. It is a heavy burden. It is a symbol of death. It reminds us of what Jesus went through. The Bible tells us that Jesus had to carry his cross. The Bible tells us that Jesus' hands and feet were nailed to the cross. The Bible tells us that Jesus was hung or suspended on the cross. The Bible tells us that Jesus was naked, exposed, vulnerable, abandoned, and humiliated on the cross. The Bible tells us that Jesus suffered in agony on the cross and he bled on the cross. The Bible tells us that Jesus died on the cross. The cross for the Christian, not for the world. The cross for the Christian represents all of these negative things. And yet Jesus tells us that if we want to follow him, then we will need to pick up our cross. And that cross is heavy. That cross gets very, very heavy at times in life. Even Jesus had to collapse under the heaviness of that cross while he was carrying it. And you know what? Some of us are not willing to pick up our cross. We don't mind being a Christian, but please don't inconvenience me and my life and my agenda by having me pick up a cross. That's where I draw the line, and that's where I say, no more, Jesus. I'm going to do my own thing. And sadly, many of us as Christians will never understand or experience the power of God working in us because we refuse to pick up our cross. So first, if we want to be a follower or disciple of Christ, we must be willing to deny ourselves. Second, we must be willing to pick up our cross. And third, we must be willing to die to ourselves. We must be willing to die to ourselves. No more Burger King, which means you got to have it your way. No, it's Jesus' way. you got to take it Jesus' way. And if you don't like it, that's too bad. Because how many of you know we've served the king? Can you say amen? Let me repeat what it says in Mark chapter 8, verses 34 and 35. It says this. Then he called the crowd to him along with his disciples and said, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me and for the gospel will save it. Death is definitely an uncomfortable subject. It is a taboo subject. We don't even like going to funerals. Death is a painful subject. Jesus tells us that if we want to live, then we must be willing to die. No one can deny that death is a terrible thing. A lot of people have died this past year. Many of you already know that my own mom passed away last August. For most people, death is a slow process. Death is a painful process. Death is a horrible process. Death has a sting to it. Jesus entered Jerusalem knowing that he was going to die a slow and painful and horrible death. But he also knew that out of death would come eternal life. Listen to what it says again in Matthew chapter 20, verses 17 through 19. Let me read it again. It says this. Now Jesus was going up to Jerusalem. On the way, he took the twelve aside and said to them, We are going up to Jerusalem, and the Son of Man will be delivered over to the chief priests and the teachers of the law. They will condemn him to death and will hand him over to the Gentiles to be mocked and flogged and crucified. But on the third day, he will be raised 
to life. Let me say that again. On the third day, he will be raised to life. We will talk about the resurrection next Sunday for Easter. But God is teaching us here that in order to live, we must be willing to die. Maybe you have some drugs stashed away. God tells us that we must put that thing to death. Maybe you have some porn that you enjoy on a lonely night. God tells us that we must put that thing to death. Maybe you are in a relationship that you know is not of God. Maybe you're in a relationship and you're fornicating. Maybe you're committing adultery. Maybe you are in a homosexual relationship. and Or maybe you're with someone that is not a Christian. That means that you're unequally yoked and you feel like you are in love. But God is telling you that you have to put that thing to death. Maybe you're doing things that you know are not of God. And God is telling you to put that thing to death. Maybe you have unforgiveness or bitterness or envy or jealousy or hatred in your heart. And the Holy Spirit is telling you to die to your sin. You have got to get rid of that sin. But it's so painful to die to sin because our flesh wants it so bad. Is anyone listening to me right now? Can you say amen? Our flesh wants this so bad. Our flesh wants to keep it alive. Our flesh refuses to let it go. It brings so much pleasure to our flesh. And some of you are saying, but Pastor Jerry, Pastor Jerry, don't you know that smoking weed is legal now? Yeah, I understand that it's legal now. Hey, listen. Smoking dope may be legal, but it doesn't make it right. Abortion may be legal, but it doesn't make it right. Same-sex marriage may be legal, but it doesn't make it right. Going to nudie bars may be legal, or buying porn may be legal, but it doesn't make it right. Going to the store and buying yourself a bunch of tequila or Corona beer doesn't make it right. And maybe you like Michelob, even though you pay more money for your beer, it still doesn't make it right. And if it's not right before God, then you got to put it to death. And if it's in your life, then you got to put it to death. If you want to live, you got to be willing to die. That's what Jesus says. If we want to be followers of Jesus, then we must be willing to die daily. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 31 says this. I face death every day. New King James says, I die daily. We must be willing to put those things to death that we know God does not want in our lives. Is it easy? Of course not. If it was easy, this place would be packed. Everyone would want to be a disciple or follower of Jesus. But it's not easy. Denying yourself is not easy. Carrying that cross, whatever that represents, is not easy. And dying to yourself is not easy. That's why we need the Holy Spirit. That's why we need to come in here to encourage ourselves in God. Can you say amen, church? But some of us are not willing to deny ourselves. Some of us are not willing to pick up our cross. And some of us are not willing to die to our sin. I believe that all of us who are Christians know someone that has backslid or that has taken themselves out of fellowship. I said they took themselves out of fellowship. And I believe that all of us would agree that that is a very sad thing. And you know why? Because they were unwilling to die to their sin. And now sin has gotten the best of them. 
You want to keep your Bud Light? Go ahead and keep it. If you want to keep your oldies collection, go ahead and keep them and keep playing them as much as you want. You want to keep your anger and your bitterness and your unforgiveness and your dirty looks? Go ahead and let the world know that no one will mess with you. You want to keep your selfish life to yourself and not give it up for the kingdom? Keep it. But either way, you will die a slow death. The sin is either going to kill you slowly or you will have to kill the sin in you slowly. Both are slow. Both are painful. One leads to death and the other leads to life. You choose. You need to make that decision. I need to make that decision. And we need to make that decision every single day. Are we going to follow Jesus today? Am I going to deny myself today? Am I going to pick up my cross today? And am I going to kill sin today? It's our choice. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 29 through 32 says this. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid, put to death, all bitterness, rage, anger, brawling, and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. Ephesians chapter 5, verses 1 through 7 continues, and it says this, Follow God's example. Let me say that again. Follow God's example. Jesus entered Jerusalem on Palm Sunday, and he provided us an example on that Palm Sunday. He denied himself. He chose to carry his cross, and he was willing to die for you and for me. Follow God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children, and walk in the way of love. Just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. But among you, there must not even, there must not be even a hint of sexual immorality or any kind of impurity or of greed. Because these are improper for God's holy people. Church, do we belong to the Lord here this morning? Do we want to be discipled by the Holy Spirit this morning? These are not appropriate for God's holy people, nor should there be. Obscenity, foolish talk or coarse joking, which are out of place, but rather thanksgiving. For, for of this you can be sure, no immoral, impure, or greedy person, such a person as an idolater, has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Let no one deceive you with empty words. For because of such things, God's wrath comes on those who are disobedient. Our brother Robert said, Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. The Bible says it. Jesus is coming. And church, he's coming soon. And we need to be ready. It says, let no one deceive you with empty words. For because of such things, God's wrath comes on us who are disobedient. Therefore, do not be partners with them. This is Palm Sunday, a day that marks the last week of Jesus' life, a week in which Jesus chose to deny himself, a week 
in which Jesus chose to carry his cross, a week in which Jesus chose to die so that he would later rise and live forevermore, a week in which Jesus personally modeled what it meant to be a follower of Christ. Let's pray right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, as we enter into this very sacred and holy week, Lord God, where we remember the last events of the life of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Help us, Lord God, to remember what it means to be a Christian, a child of God, a child of the King, that you, Lord God, have saved us and you have purchased us back with the blood of your Son, Jesus Christ. And now we belong to you. Help us to live our lives, Lord, in a way that will be pleasing to you. We want to make sure that everyone listening right now knows Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. If you're listening right now online or if you're here in church here this morning and you are not sure if you are a Christian, you're not sure if you are saved, that you're not sure that you're on your way to heaven, we want to give you the opportunity to receive the free gift of salvation. And if that's you here this morning, just say this prayer whether you're online or physically here in church, just say this prayer of repentance. Father, in the name of Jesus, I come before you and I humble myself and I ask you to forgive me of all my sins. Help me, Lord, to learn to follow you, to learn to deny myself and to carry my cross and to be willing to put those things to death that you are not pleased with. I want to be a disciple and a follower of you, Jesus, all the days of my life. Thank you, Jesus, for dying on the cross for me. In Jesus' name we pray and all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Let's give glory to the Lord. We're going to believe by faith that people came to know Jesus. Amen. And again, we want to open up the altar for any of you that would say, I need prayer. I'm going through something. I need for God to encourage me. If you want to approach the altar right now, the altar is open. And we want to pray and bless and minister to you here this morning. Father, in the name of Jesus, as we conclude the service here this morning, Lord, bless your people, Lord. Encourage those that are listening and those that are here right now, Father, as we, Lord God, walk out of this place willingly surrendering our lives anew and afresh to you. In Jesus' name we pray and all God's people said, amen. God bless your church. Amen. Lord willing, we'll see you tonight for church, okay, for prayer.